Uh, <clears throat> welcome to another episode of Reading Papers, Marcus. I am the speaker. We today I'm gonna be talking about one of my papers I did. Um, I call it, uh, it was uh, a paper about a story about my life. So this one is a hunting story actually so uh, we'll just hop right into it alright so the title is snow adventure hunters lost night so no matter how bad or impossible your circumstances are you should never give up the hunting adventure starts now it's not this isn't all I try to get it as true to what happened and I like asked my dad and other people who were like part of the entire thing to try to get as truthful to it, but it was like three years ago, so a lot of this, some of some of it, not a lot of it, most of it's <laughs> definitely true. If, yeah, I tried to get it all, but um, some of it might not be. So I don't know if I recalled it all exactly how it went down but so so no matter how bad or impossible you should you should never give up the hunting adventure starts getting to spike camp is always different so it was dark everybody was yawning searching for their equipment clothes food trying to fit it into their backpacks for the four days we'll be on the mountain followed the group Looking down the road towards the path, while the only thing I wanted to do is go back to bed. This particular hike to Spike Camp was five miles. It had its challenges because of all, because we had only, because we only had a couple of donkeys who didn't want to move for unknown reasons. Usually, when we were on a hill, there was deep slushy snow. Once we found our spot, set up camp, started a fire, which was always my favorite part. Combination of food, stories, and everybody's stories are hunting the next day, just enjoying each other's company. And hunting was very nerve-wracking for me. Broadwords. Ah, I love broadwords. Cooking that over the fire, just the sound, everything. <laughs> broadwords are the best. Alright. Hunting was very nerve-wracking for me. The hope you'll get your elk so you can relax for the rest of the trip and get the honor of telling your story. You buy the fire of your kill left to other people, and it's like, it's it's. I mean, it's nerve-wracking, but it's it, it's it's not. I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's I think it's a good like nerve-wracking. It's kind of getting a new job or something like that. Or yeah meeting some new people or going into a new situation that you're excited for because you want alright uh, next paragraph so the first day we headed out as a group in unfamiliar terrain we split into our smaller hunting parties I went with my dad and brother wanting to be the first to get my elk to no such avail all we got was the sound of other shots in the area it was a disgrace going well not really a disgrace but it was a little bit disappointing. I mean, you hope you get it, but it's it, it's just all that. But 
you're, you're just you're just happy to be on the mountain and snow and, and like enjoying a vacation hunting but it's definitely nice when you get an elk right at the start uh, going back to camp with not the chance of seeing an elk many people in our group got their elk which really was helpful we gathered information on where the elk may be giving us an idea where we wanted to go the next day of like where they saw the elk but that elk would have ran away because of the shots they shot at the elk and that elk wouldn't be there but for some reason like animals they travel through like other packs travel through the same area other packs travel through it might just be because that's a good path so even though you won't probably see the same pack that the people telling you about it got got their elk out of you'll it, it's I think for some reason it's a better chance to see them there than just somewhere where there's not elk showing up at all because yeah they just don't travel the places where other like where no no elk have traveled so you, you have better luck going to somewhere someone actually saw their elk uh, and then the second day, walking through the woods in crunchy, varying depth of white sea, going to the places where elk were spotted, with no luck, headed back to camp, stopping at the edge of the forest, beautiful green and yellow, where the sun had just melted the snow. A field stretched a good 500 yards when the sun started setting. We saw there was movement of the opposing edge of the field. Looking through our scopes confirmed it was a herd of elk. Lined up the shot according to how far the rangefinder said. It's 300 yards. Aiming for a cow elk at the head of the herd. Bang! The targeted elk jumped then took off with the herd. You wounded it. Take another shot, Dad said. So bang! Missing my second shot. We watched the wounded elk run into the forest. Mind racing. What did I do wrong? Adrenaline pumping. We went after the elk, thinking the wounded elk was long gone. We got to the edge of the field. There it was, dead. Phew. <laughs> Victory. Staring at the elk, I asked my dad, Is it a big elk? My brother smiled. Huh? Marcus is huge. <laughs> my dad replied, uh, Yeah, that was. That was actually, that was, that was an interesting one. Yeah, we really thought it was gone, because we thought I just, like, nicked it or something. But it was, I, uh, I don't actually remember where I hit it, but I hit it somewhere, like, um, that injured it enough to where it actually, yeah, it died before we even got there, so it was just able to run all the way to the edge of the forest. So it had to have been like the I'm trying to remember, but it had to have been somewhere up by the chest to actually have it die before we got there. Cause most the other two elk I've shot, I actually had to. Well, only one of them. The other one I got it in the neck, so it was. A, it, it died, that one died instantly. Then the first one I had to shoot in the head. So, because I think I hit it 
hit it like in the legs or something or the back so it couldn't move but it was still alive which is interesting <laughs> shooting something after it's all the way down um, so then the next part let's see we gutted quartered bagged the elk and took it back what we could to camp we was two miles away my brother stayed at camp while my dad and I went back to get the rest of the meat we left we gathered all the meat in the backpack started back in the brisk below freezing night air with the feeling of I won nothing can go wrong dad felt like he was going in the right direction and he yeah and he was looking at the GPS and he but, he, but we took a left turn and two hours later we found ourselves in the opposite direction of camp looking over a valley of trees from the light of the moon and we saw the road we drove up before we started hiking so it we saw like we went the opposite direction and how we knew we went the opposite direction without looking at the GPS was we were looking over like this valley that you could see the road and we we, we went to that valley the day before so we knew we weren't where we we and, and that valley was in the opposite direction of the camp so we, that's how we knew we were in the wrong direction opposite direction of the camp the valley of the trees and then yeah camp was not in this direction so dad looked at the gps to figure out which way we needed to go but it wasn't turning on we changed the battery still didn't turn on we headed out again in the direction we thought camp was. After a whole day of hiking and hauling out meat, now I was getting numb, mainly in my feet. So I didn't, I didn't, we didn't walk a whole day after we got lost, but it was, it was just, I'm just like, it's a recap of the whole day. I got, we got the meat, we already hiked back to camp, then we hiked back, then we packed up some more meat, and then we've been hiking for a good two hours so it was and then it was getting really cold because the sun was definitely down and then the temperature just dropped as it does when it gets cl closer or more into the night so uh <clears throat> hiking and hauling out meat now i was getting um mainly my feet from the cold it was 10 o'clock at night and at that time i was exhausted ready for bed we kept hiking for two more hours, no sign of anything familiar, back to camp. Our headlamps was the only way we could see the, in the dark forest, only, searching, only stopping for water. I realized we were lost, at night, in an unknown environment. I felt hopeless, wanting to give up, feeling warmer for some reason, I said. Let's just sit down by a tree and sleep there. Dad replied, no, we can rest when we get back to camp. Reluctantly, I agreed. I said to my dad, don't... Uh, I said to my dad, don't buy me an elk tag for next year. I didn't want to do this ever again. And then I, like, a, yeah, I was... Yeah, my... That, I don't like that's what my dad needed at that, that time. I was... Yeah, I just, yeah, I did not, <laughs> yeah, I, he was, yeah, he, he was just as cold, and, yeah, but, I do, I, I really did not like what we were doing, so I was, 
decided for some reason that was a good time to tell my dad that. Uh, and then uh, a light turned on in my dad's backpack. The GPS is working out of nowhere. We found where we were, got back to camp. My dad told the story of us being lost and how he thought I was getting hypothermia. That is why I was getting warmer and wanting to sleep, which is interesting. I did actually. I guess that's symptoms of getting hypothermia. You get you get really warm and then you want to sleep, but yeah, I yeah. So I mean, I don't know if I was getting that or not. Just I guess that's why my my dad thought I was getting hypothermia but so and then once we got down the mountain we packed up everything and went home hunting left a pretty bad taste in my mouth through that bad experience I realized thanks to my dad you should still go on even if your circumstances are all against you like being lost in the woods on a snowy mountain at night with a heavy backpack this lesson has helped me many times in my life when I played football when we were the underdogs in our league, least number of players, so we all played offense and defense. Only a couple had any experience playing football and lost every game, but I never gave up. Uh, never gave up hope. I got a lot better. Never gave up hope, and I got a lot better. It's still a good season. Yeah, that was... I was just trying to, like put it to other situations and I know football is kind of one of those ones where it's always like pep talks and all that but yeah it's um so yeah I mean yeah you shouldn't like if there's no way out of your bad circumstances you shouldn't do what I did and complain about it and just want to stop and take the easy road out because you're still going to have the problem like if we slept there if we slept in the woods by a tree we would have slept to wake up and figure out where we were and we might not have got more coverage and if I did have hypothermia that would have been a big issue too, so I'm really glad my dad was just like, let's keep going, and he was in, he was determined to get back to camp, so that is my story of the hunting trip, the snow adventure, Hunter's Lost Night. That's what my teacher like told me, he's like, if you really want to have a cool title, have like one and then have like a title and then put I don't, I don't know what it's called it's like the two dots like a period and a and then and then have another title and so snowers adventure two dots and then hunters lost night it's like not two dots consecutively like under each other but they're like on top of each other I don't really know what that's called but yeah so that was that story uh so thank you for listening you guys, I guess, yeah, I mean, all in all, that, that was a good trip, I, I, I got my elk, and <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, it was just something that was definitely uncomfortable, and my dad, he wasn't wanting to be out there either, so, 
but all in all, I think it, it worked out well, luckily. So, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Reading Papers with Marcus. Bye.